there are two kind of themes that Jesus is hitting upon. One, obviously, more explicit. The other one is more implicit. But they're both important to be able to kind of point to and expound on and explain and so that we can be able to have a true understanding of what the Lord is desiring for us. And what are the two themes? One here is prayer, like answered and unanswered prayer. And then the other one that's implicit is actually the goodness of the Father, the goodness of the Heavenly Father. And I'll explain these two a little bit. But first I want to start off with some questions about it, just to enlighten some questions in our own heart. Firstly, we all have the experience of asking for something, maybe asking for it repeatedly, and it doesn't come about. It doesn't happen. And a question arises in the heart. Why didn't the Lord answer? Why didn't God answer? Why wasn't I saved from this trial? Why didn't that good thing work out? Why is it that I'm still here where I am? Etc., etc. These are normal and understandable questions of the heart. But below those, below those questions, we have to understand that there's an implicit question. Where are you? Where are you? Why? Notice that when those questions arise in the heart, they're directed. They're directed. They're directed to someone. They're directed to the Father, the Heavenly Father. So there's a question that develops about God. Are you actually good? Are you actually good? And that's a, a question that has to be given in prayer, spoken in prayer. Because if it's not, it'll sit in the heart and fester. It'll develop an infection around it. How do we enter into these questions, these critical questions? We have to be able to go to Jesus. Why do I say this? Last week, during the uh, prayers of the faithful, the prayers of the faithful team, the ones who write the intercessions, right, had to refrain something along the lines of Jesus, our brother. I can't remember. Is that correct? Yeah. So, Jesus, our brother, etc., 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 help us, right? That was the kind of refrain, and it was really important. It was a good refrain to have. Why? Because the mission of Jesus in the world when he came 2,000 years ago and his presence that endures today in his church and in the sacraments is to be able to bring us to the goodness and the mercy of the Father. Let me give you an image around this. Sometimes when we have an experience of doing something bad or maybe we're just afraid Maybe there's something that we're ashamed of that maybe we shouldn't be ashamed of, but nonetheless we feel it. Sometimes the evil one can just launch shame into our hearts out of nowhere. Especially when we're a kid, we may be afraid to go to, go to dad. We may be afraid to go to dad. So what's the job of a sibling at that point? 
especially an older sibling, is to be able to bring you to the Father. Say, trust me. Trust me. Dad's going to be good about this. Dad loves you. The Father loves you. He is merciful. He wants your goodness. The mission of Christ in the world, the mission of Christ through his church, is to be able to heal something in our hearts that happened from the beginning of our existence as humans, which is where we let trust in the Father's goodness die in our hearts, as the Catechism puts it. We let goodness in the Father's die, or the trust in his goodness die in our hearts. Jesus came in the flesh, and in the flesh is our brother, and it's through his divinity that he is able to reconcile us, to show us the power and the mercy of the Father. He is the face of the Father, the face of the Father, showing, if you see me, you see the goodness of the Father. And why is that important? Because it does something else that's a little, that's implicit in our experience. All of us here have wounds that come from our fathers. It doesn't matter how good they are, right? We could have really phenomenal dads, and we're still going to have wounds. That's not an indictment, an accusation against dads. It's just welcome to being a human and imperfect, and we wound people. Even Father Colin wounds people. Jesus is saying, I gave you these men to be a reflection of me, and I know they're not perfect. So come to me so I can take you to the one who is perfect, the Father who is perfect, and let him heal you. Let him prove himself as good. That's why priests and fathers need to go to confession regularly so that we can come into more and more conversion, right? And be more and more of a reflection and a mediator of the grace of God. But that's a whole nother homily. So what is Jesus doing here in his asking about prayer? He's giving us a method by which we can take in the mercy of the Father and accept the mercy of the Father. He's giving us a method. Pray always. Pray repeatedly. He gives us even a negative example, right? Here's a dishonest guy who's holding out on this widow, right? And he's just going to give her a just decision because she's annoying him, right? He's actually afraid she's going to kill him, right? And he says, if this evil dude will give you, her an answer, your father, who is all-loving and has made you and wants you to understand how good you are, he will give you immediate answers. And this hits on that question that I answered before about prayer. What happens when the, it seems that the Heavenly Father is not good to us by not answering our prayer? Wouldn't that speak against our, what Father Colin is saying about the goodness and the mercy of God the Father? Follow me on this one point. 
when Jesus is saying, pray, pray with insistence, and he's trying to reconcile us to the Father, right? He's asking us to pray always and ask repeatedly and also reconciling us with the Father. There's something that comes about in this dynamic of unanswered prayer. The Father is wanting to give us every good thing. Every good thing. He wants us to experience blessing and life, rest and mercy, love and belonging, renewal of identity, everything. So then why does he answer prayers? Because those things that we ask for, he knows, are going to prove that he is good. They're going to be a method by which we see his goodness, right? So if I ask for a new job, and he gives, and he grants that, as it were, Father, thank you for giving me this job. Thank you. Or maybe a relationship is healed. Father, thank you for healing this relationship, etc. But then maybe we're asking, Father, please give me this, etc. And he doesn't. Why would he be withholding that good thing from me? It's not because we're not good. It's probably because he's wanting to give us a deeper good. He uses important but lesser goods to show us more profound and deeper ones. And eventually in our life, he is going to want to show us the deepest good and give us the deepest good, which is himself. So for example, you're praying and you're like, Father, release me from this trial. And it's not happening. You're still ill. The relationship is still bad. The job still sucks. Right? Release me from this, and it's not happening. What is he giving at that point? If he's not releasing us, what is he giving? He is allowing himself, coming down into our experience and saying, I am going to suffer with you. I want you to know that you are loved. I want you to know that you are not alone. I want you to know that I can be with you in this. Rest in me. Rest in me. We only know that we're loved to the extent that somebody suffers with us. That's the proof of love. Can this person suffer with me? Can this person suffer with me? So when the Lord does not remove trials, it's not because we're not good or we're not loved or the Father is not trustworthy. He's actually inviting us to go deeper into his heart and his love and see how he is present and be with him. He's going to take that trial and allow it to be the conduit by which he proves his enduring and present love. What does that do for us? It heals the father wounds. My father is with me. He loves me. He's not leaving me. That is the prayer that we ask. That's the answer to that first sin of Adam and Eve, where trust died in, the, in our hearts. Why does Jesus say at the very end of this gospel, but when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Another way of putting that is, when the Son of Man comes again, will he find trust on earth? He's trying to help us see that the Father gives everything away 
by giving himself and being present even in our own suffering. Jesus never promised us that we weren't going to suffer. He promised us himself. So I want to make one last connection here. Jesus' brother, just to kind of wrap this all back. Jesus' brother. Who is Jesus? He's the second person in the Trinity made flesh, the Son, the biggest gift of a father. The Father gave everything away to be with us. He gives everything away. When Jesus says elsewhere, I am the face of the Father, the Father comes. The Father is present. The Father is with us through the flesh of Jesus. Through the flesh of Jesus. And whose flesh still shows up every week? Jesus at the altar, in the body and blood, in the Eucharist. Jesus' flesh, the face of the Father's mercy and love, shows up every week, speaking to you, saying, I am with you. Your prayers are answered speedily. Speedily they are answered, because I am here suffering with you. My friends, Jesus is taking us into the depth of his desire to reveal the Father's mercy and love, and he does it himself. He's wanting us to simply pray and pray incessantly to the Father and to open ourselves, right, to trust in the Father. And Jesus became man. He took on flesh, and he endures himself in the sacraments in the church so that we can have a concrete face to look at, concrete experience to experience. So what I'd ask for you to do today, if you're receiving a blessing or communion, is to ask the Father to speak to you of his love for you. Say, and this is exactly what you say. Father, tell me that you love me. Tell me that you love me. And notice any shift in your heart. Notice any feeling in your body. Notice any change in your mind, in your thoughts. Just give that to the Father. Say thank you, or say speak more. My friends, the mission of the church is Jesus' mission, because he's present in the church. We're his mystical body. And the whole reason we're coming to Mass is because we are actively being reconciled to the Father, which means more and more trust in Him, more and more reception of His love, and more and more openness. When Jesus says, will I find faith on earth when I come again, it starts with your own yes to the Father, and your yes starts with receiving his son from the altar.